0: My boss lied and tried to steal money. It blew up in his face. Now, I guess your company is mine. OK, OP. This is OK, OP. I'm Samuel Donner. And I'm John Fry. And we tell the funniest stories on the internet. And John, have you ever worked for like a small business or a startup? And like, what was your craziest story from that time period? Maybe with your boss.
1: Well, I do have the infamous, the infamous one, uh. the infamous ticket story. The or the bad story. story. Basically long story short I was working at this conference, we had 5000 people attending. I was like barely 20 years old in charge of that. <laughs> hard to
0: 5000 people. It's freaking nuts, dude.
1: Yeah, so I um there was this whole debacle, ended up sending a spreadsheet and we messed up the 5000 badges. So we were up till like 3 4 a.m. every day of the conference like figuring out how do we like make these new badges for because the badges were also the the access passes. Yeah, that's how everyone um, got for, in for for a lot of those things. So, yeah, it was um, absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, I remember there was a little like Fox club to the side of the conference center and there was like 150 people and they were basically like, so John, what happened with these badges? And 150 people looked at me. I was like, at that point, I was just like, I have to like, it, it's you destroyed. Even I, I destroyed it. I nuked it. Incoming! What did uh, what did the, your boss say? He said basically like mistakes are fine, but you have to bring them forward. Like yeah. after I sent the spreadsheet and then later realized it was it was effed up. He's like that was the time and like no one would be mad. It would have been like all right, it's fine, it is what it is. We wouldn't have punished uh. you for it. But like now that you like waited and essentially kind of hid it from us and it kind of blew up, that's when it's wrong to do that. Yeah. So Fuck. a good
0: lesson. Frick frack paddywhack. Well, uh, I'm glad you got a good lesson out of it. I have. A- a story that has to do with small businesses and startups Ooh. and uh, F-ups and a light. Ooh, galore. Let's 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 see what we got. My boss lied and tried to steal money. It blew up in his face. Now I guess your company is mine. Ooh, got him. So what's important to know before we start, the way my industry runs is essentially via monthly service contracts with clients. There are three major players in the story. Myself, Eggnards. Eggnards. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Eggnards. The old owner, let's call him Steve, and new owner, let's call him Kyle. Act one, do what you love. As an aimless teenager, I started working for a small business owned by Steve. It turns out I really enjoyed what I did. So slowly over time, my life plans shifted to make sure I could continue to work for Steve for the long term. This included transferring to a local college. And because the business was predominantly run on part-time hours, making sure that any other jobs I had never conflicted with the hours I was expected to work for Steve. He's hustling. He's hustling. Two part-time jobs. Steve was flawed, but overall a good boss who mostly looked out for me. I certainly think over the years he had taken advantage of me in small ways, but looking back, I really have no complaints. The thing is that when I started working for Steve, the business name recognition was always directed towards Steve. Like, Steve, what a great job. This is great work. Love Steve. (laughs) right? But over the years, it eventually became, go to Egnards. He's the best.
1: Eggnards!
0: Eggnards for the win! This got to the point where I do indeed truly believe that if I did not end up working for Steve, it's very likely his business would have been nowhere near successful as it eventually became. As years went on, it was heavily implied that when Steve retired, the business would go to me. It was never specifically stated, but Steve did have a way about skirting around those types of issues and giving me hope. Act 2. Enter Kyle. About three years before COVID, Steve decided to retire and sell his business. He did indeed fulfill his promise by making a half- attempt to sell it to me at an unreasonable price, but it was very clear he already had another buyer in mind, Kyle. Kyle owned another local business just outside of our market area in the same industry. Because of the way the industry worked, there really wasn't much, if any, overlap in potential customers. But Kyle had a very large amount of money and was willing to buy. What is important to note here is again, I do truly believe that if I didn't play ball and agree to work for Kyle, my role was so integral to the operation at our business that there was no possible way... The sale could go through i
1: have-
0: so basically, like, OP has all the cards and is the key player in this operation. He's the kingpin
1: now, baby. King.
0: Over the course of negotiations, Kyle ended up buying the business and putting me in charge of running the day-to-day. Something I was mostly already doing, but with a few more administrative tasks tacked onto it. The thing is, my name was still the name in town. And Kyle made zero effort to ever be on location. So nobody that did business with us ever really knew who Kyle was. Hmm. Act three, Kyle is... Cal- of a weenie. And this is how I learned to stand up for myself. All was well for a while. Kyle would openly talk about me being the head honcho at my location and mostly left me alone to deal with my clients in the professional and personal nature that I'd learned from Steve. Things first came to a head a year before COVID when Kyle sent me to an industry conference for four days. I would need to take time off from my other job, which I was fine with. At the conclusion of the conference, I put in an hour's request for the hours I spent at the conference and I was super nice about it. Actually, I should have clocked all hours hours at the convention each day, but instead did not account for hours for seminars that would help my boss, but were ones that I'd wanted to attend. The request was denied, and I was told, industry conferences are enriching activities. We pay for your admission, but they're on your own time.
1: You're out of your mind.
0: This took two weeks to resolve, but ended with me essentially saying, look, I'll still work for you because I love what I do. However, if I don't get paid, I will never go to another one of these conferences again to get new ideas for you. I was immediately paid.
1: How do you like me now? Uh. Uh, Yeah, lay down the law. That's right. Eggnard's in the building. I
0: will spare similar smaller stories of that nature, but that slowly started to become the relationship between Kyle and I. Act four, COVID hits. (gasps) When the vid hit our locations, we were shut down. And for three weeks, we weren't able to do anything. Meanwhile, our clients were still paying for our services. And because Kyle had recently moved to a new client payment portal that I hadn't been trained on yet, I wasn't able to help any clients get their money back. Well, that sucks. At one point, I messaged Kyle about going virtual and being able to still assist clients and then got a very angry text back full of curses that essentially said, look, you're not the boss. Go F yourself. You had the chance to be the owner and turned it down. I'm in charge.
1: Well, well that's- It's just rude.
0: (sighs) We did eventually go virtual about a week later. The big problem, of course, being that I would receive daily text, emails, calls from clients about the membership bills, and there was nothing I could do to help them. It was at this point that I knew crap was hitting the fan and I needed to start doing something. So, over the course of the next two months, I did a couple things. I spent an inordinate amount of time studying the best business structures. I communicated with all the other staff at my location about my intentions, continued to give 110% to my clients in a virtual capacity, and built a Website and social presence from the ground up.
1: Uh-huh. I don't
0: think Kyle was expecting any of this, and he probably didn't realize that because I often had to do back end stuff from home, I also had what was essentially a little black book of every client, their email addresses, and phone numbers.
1: My guy Egnars is plotting. He's plotting. He's planting his eggplants of <laughs> maliciousness. I tried, guys. <laughs> it was
0: good. It was good. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Act five, surgical strikes. When everything was ready, I waited very patiently to the end of a service month. As I mentioned, all of our clients had monthly costs, and I didn't want to put anyone out of any part of their costs. On the last weekday of the month, I instructed the staff who would be helping clients that day to tell them to check their emails at the end of the day. Suspicious. Yeah. At the end of the day... I sent out an email to all active and some non-active clients, as well as a texting service to text everyone. I launched our social media accounts, our website, and had even enlisted a very small amount of trusted clients to spread the word via social media once I gave the signal. Wow. Within 15 minutes of everything, my phone was ringing off the hook. I had 50 plus emails in my inbox from different people, and my Facebook accounts were completely blowing up with local chatter. I also heard from many of these people that they were calling Kyle to cancel their service. We hosted a Zoom meeting for all concerned parties and essentially decided to take the weekend to clear up any confusion with the systems and start fresh and open our doors on Monday. So basically, OP created this giant master plan called all of the clients and is like, we're ready Monday. And basically and like... stole his entire stole business. stole Kyle's entire business.
1: I also love how he literally ended up like the original older tried to sell it to him at this huge fat price. Now he basically gets the whole company for free. For free. <laughs> Within an hour of everything, Kyle sent
0: out a text blast to every client that they would be shutting their doors effective immediately. <laughs> at the start of COVID, we had roughly 50 active clients at the business. On my first day of business, I had signed up 75 active Active clients. Many inactive ones telling me, yeah, we stopped doing business with you guys because Kyle was kind of a weenie. What is really important to keep in mind here is that I never wanted to nor cared to be a business owner. I was very happy working for someone else as long as I wasn't treated like crap. Had Kyle treated me even remotely better, the location would have continued to thrive and would be stable in our local community. Kyle chose to be a D bag and try to get quick money and cheat people, and Kyle lost out. We've been in business now for almost two years, have nearly tripled Kyle's active numbers. Continue to be a staple in our community. Wow. And that is how OP started his own business. <laughs>
1: Bro. That's that's so awesome. And just also just such a great example of like when you should go out on your own. You know yeah. what I mean? Because now now OP gets to reap the benefits of, of being the owner versus like having to be the employee. That's exactly. So
0: and it also just speaks like for those like client run businesses. If you have someone who is running all of those client operations and they leave, you are screwed.
1: Donezo. Yeah. So Done-zo. make sure to treat
0: your employees very well. Treat them um, right. Treat them right. If not for morality, for business reasons, exactly
1: for your own skin. <laughs> for your
0: own skin. But you know what you should always do for your own skin.
1: Ooh, subscribe to OKOP. Yeah,
0: subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok and Spotify. And if you want to be a real one, support us on Patreon.
1: Join Muhammad, Amanda Wilcombs, Connor Van Buren, Desiree Canterbury, Keegan Simmons, and Kathy Quigley. See you soon.